Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to Marnie and Friends, a place where leaders share practical, helpful, and encouraging ways to get anything important done faster, better, and smarter. Right now, I encourage you to sit back, buckle up, and join us for fun, laughter, practical help, and clear thinking, the kind of discussion that focuses our attention off of the fluff and onto the most important stuff in life. Again, welcome to Marnie's Friends. Let's get going. Hi, everybody. This is Marnie Swedberg, and I welcome you to another edition of Marnie's Friends, where we just get to learn all kinds of great stuff every single week from our guest experts. And our expert today, Sherilyn Desano, is here to do us some leadership training on listening past her words to her heart. And uh, Sherilyn's a great one to do this because she teaches communication skills at various religious and commerce events. She was also a multimedia specialist with the Rhode Island Air National Guard for 10 years, where she was the liaison between generals, senators, and non-government officials. She holds an associate's degree in communications and was an instructor with the Military Leadership Academy for three years, teaching professional and interpersonal communication skills. Sherilyn's going to share with us this afternoon the different types of listening, how to listen with your entire body, why people sometimes assume you are not listening, and how to indicate that you are tuned into them, distractions that can cause you to become a poor listener, what to say and what not to say while listening, what you can do while listening without jeopardizing the communication, nonverbal signs and why they are so important, confirming you've heard correctly without sounding demeaning, and how to become a better listener. Welcome to you, Sherlyn. Oh, thank you, Marnie. Thank you for having me. I, it's such a topic that's so near and dear to my heart, and I just want to thank you for allowing me to come uh, for this hour and discuss this wonderful yet uh, difficult topic sometimes. <laughs> right. I, I always say, ever since the Tower of Babel, communication's been tough. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just like in the in the points that we're going to cover today, so, you know, talking, you know, trying not to sound demeaning, trying to help people understand that you are listening when they think you aren't, trying to listen when you really have a hard time. You know, all these things make it so tough, and you are such a great one to share with us some strategies here. So let's just dive right in and talk about the different types of listening, because all listening isn't the same, is it? No, it, it's not, Marnie. Um, I learned from experience when I had a good friend pull me aside and tell me, you don't know how to listen. I was very upset at that time, but I listened to what they had to say. It took it to heart and dove in and started learning on how to be a good listener. I always thought that I was. The different types of listening, um, there's informative listening, where we're listening for information, relational listening, which is something that we're going to talk more about today along with the active listening. Active listening is making a conscious effort to listen to somebody. Uh, There's so many different types of listening, but for today, I think we should talk about the relational and the active listening um, because we do need to use all of our senses pretty much to actively listen to somebody. Hmm. So since all, I mean, since all listening is done with other people, what would be an example of non-relational listening? Music, 
<laughs> if you're by non-relational, um, if it's if you're not with somebody else, you're listening to music. That's called appreciative listening. But uh, non-relational would be in a classroom setting, maybe, or people listening right now. They are listening for information. It's not a relationship type of listening unless you have personal relationships with people there. But they're listening now, and I'm hoping um, we can convey some great information and give them tools to really help them in their relationships, both at work, at church, family, um, everywhere. So when we talk about then, uh, you mentioned that we're going to focus today on relational and active listening. So would we say that it's interactive then? Is that kind of the difference is that you aren't just receiving information about how we're going to talk about it today? It's the type of listening that's part of a conversation? Yes. Yes. And listening takes a lot of work, more work than I realized. (laughs) And, And it's something that you have to keep fine-tuning, because if you don't keep utilizing your active listening and your relational skills, you're going to miss something, and you're going to, you may hurt your friend, or you it may stress a relationship, and I've had all that happen to me, Marnie, and, and that's why I am so, um, it's such a topic that's near and dear to my heart. I've hurt people for not listening hmm. the right hmm. way. So before we leave this topic of the different types of listening, um, another one that we had talked about before was the inviting type of listening. What What is that one? Inviting listening, that is actually being able, people know that you will listen. You invite them in by not having what we're going to talk about later on with our nonverbal signs is having your arms your arms crossed or turning away, not making eye contact. We've all been there. We don't want someone to talk to us, so we kind of turn away or we're avoiding not being accusatory, but um, I know I've done it. I don't want to talk to that person, so I turn away. But making yourself inviting to invite them in so you can listen to them. I know I had it when I was um, practicing to be on TV the first time. I did a video of myself, and I noticed that I was always crossing my arms <laughs> in front of my body. And I never knew that I did that. And I think that we all probably have little things that we do that we don't mean necessarily to be, you know, standoffish or repelling, but that we maybe sometimes are. So as we go along through the hour here, we're going to kind of touch on some of those. Talk to us about listening with your entire body, because I think that's kind of an interesting way to say it. Yes. Um, things that I've learned, I've watched people who listen really well, and they lean in with their body so they're not missing any words. Because like in a business setting or a church setting, um, even one-on-one, there's always noise around. And if you lean in, it shows that person there's an extra sense of closeness, but there's also they they know that you want to hear and catch every word that they're saying. Another thing with your body is look at them. Look at the person. Face forward toward them. Don't turn your body away and just turn your head toward them. 
it takes a lot of effort to notice these things, but when you use your entire body to listen, people take notice and they know that you care. They, they, it's, it's well known. It's seen. I love that because, like, okay, with the, with looking at them, you don't just look at them with your eyes, but you make sure that your body is facing toward them as well as your face is facing toward them. And then um, leaning in, are there other parts of your body that, like, play a large role here? Well, like your arms, like you were saying. You watched yourself on TV, Marnie, and your arms were crossed, and you said you were th- – you were saying, I don't look very open to people. And you want to keep your arms at your side or fold your hands in your lap. Um, you, If you have your arms crossed, it, it almost sometimes you could come across as angry or you don't care. Unless you're freezing cold, don't fold your arms. Take notice. I've noticed people who folded their arms when they're talking to me, and I felt like they were bored or they didn't care. That's another part. That's I was thinking, too, as a speaker, uh, you notice the audience's body language. And, of course, that's, that's again, <laughs> a, a learning a learning or information-sharing listening instead of a relational. But the same thing applies mm-hmm. when you're talking one-on-one across the table or whatever from somebody. If you lean all the way back and put your hands behind your head or whatever, that can be kind of seen in two ways. You know, either you're just really comfortable in the conversation or you're wanting to get away. So, you know, there are some of these that can actually send a couple different messages as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's a great point, Marnie. If you, definitely, if you lean forward and are looking directly into the eyes of the person speaking, and not, for, not too intently, of course, but uh, just it was polite, polite attention um, or just real attention, they can feel that. There's, there's definitely mm-hmm. a, sense, a different sense for someone who's appreciating what you're saying than someone who is bored with it. Yes, yes. And leaning in also, like I was saying before, helps you catch all the words. Because in a normal conversation, we only remember half or less of what is said. And that that's kind of scary. I hope I remember the. I hope I remember the half. That's the part that I'm supposed to remember, and, and not the part that I'm not supposed to remember. It's 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 kind of scary. Does your body language actually affect how much you remember? Yes, yes. Well, there's a lot. Well, we there's lots of scientific studies. If you sit up straight or whatever, however your body is, it, it, you you can be even more alert. Interesting. So. Interesting. Huh. Well, this is Marty Swarber. We're visiting today with Sherilyn Desdeno on the topic of listening past her words to her heart. We're going to come right back yeah. and talk about why some people assume you're not listening and how to indicate that you are tuned into them and also distractions that you can cause you to be a poor listener. We'll be right back. Are you enjoying every single bite eating with God? If not, visit www.eatingwithgod.com. That's eatingwithgod.com. Discover the easiest, most enjoyable way to move from where you are with food today to where God wants you to be in his perfect time and way. There are free daily bite recordings available to you at www.eatingwithgod.com or you can purchase the entire set of Daily Bites, 31 individual daily MP3 words of encouragement, plus the book, Gasping for Grace, 31 daily devotionals for discouraged dieters. To start moving toward your God-given ideal weight, visit www.eatingwithgod.com. That's www.eatingwithgod.com. 
Christian Women's Event. At womensevents.info, you can find events to attend. Learn how to plan amazing events for your group or publicize your own upcoming Christian women's events. It's all available to you at womensevents.info. Just click your state to find all the major women's events coming to your area or type in the month and year you'd like to attend an event to see all your options nationwide. It's that easy. If you want to promote an event, just click Add Event. Event publicity is available on a per-event basis or free to members. Finally, if you want to learn how to host awesome events, retreats, and well-attended conferences, click Event Planner Training. Once again, it's available a la carte or included in the membership. It's all online and here for you 24-7 anytime you have time at womensevents.info. That's www.womensevents.info. Welcome back. This is Marnie, and our guest today, Sherilyn Bispiano, is here talking with us about how to listen past words and right to the heart. Sherilyn, let's talk about why sometimes somebody might say to you, you're not listening, when you really feel like you are listening. How come that happens? Well, you had mentioned something that was really good when you were talking about if we were sitting, depending on where, if you're standing or sitting, putting your, you know, leaning back in the chair and putting your arms behind your head, almost seems like it's too relaxed. That could be one way. Um, If you're not engaged, if you're looking around the room, I've had this happen to me, Marnie. I'm pouring my heart out to somebody, thinking they're listening, and they're looking around the room, and it, my heart just broke. I, and I've done that to other people. When we assume people are not listening, uh, we need to say, we need to nod our head and say, yes, uh-huh, so that they know that we are engaged with them. Another way somebody uh, to indicate that we might not be tuned in is interrupting. When we interrupt somebody or we are interrupted, it means we're not even we're thinking about what we're saying. We're not listening to what they're even saying, and and it can actually it has in my life. I used to interrupt people a lot. It has put strains on relationships. I have gone back and told people, I am so sorry that I interrupted you before. I'm trying to learn how to be a good communicator. Will you help me? Um, But these are some ways um, that we can – we shouldn't always assume someone's not listening, but if we are the listener and that's what we're talking about – we need to nod our head. We need to, you know, say, mm-hmm, just to let them know that we are. And don't interrupt if they're still talking. Yeah, I was thinking about, I always tease around that I'm pretty sure that God is a man because he doesn't communicate like a girl. Because we're always, <laughs> like, interjecting all kinds of little uh-huhs and, you know, uh, all mm-hmm. these little encouraging sounds that the, that women make. Men are much less likely to uh, do the little sounds that we make, but they will nod, or you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, not to be too sexist, but at the same time, there's some real differences there. And girls, for us, it's really important that we make those sounds. It, they they are they come naturally when we are engaged, and it it it's very hard not to interrupt, isn't it? Unless you are truly listening, you will tend to want to interrupt. 
Marnie, you're so right. I've done I do that because I get so excited or I think I know what the person's going to say. I've actually finished people's sentences to my uh <laughs> embarrassment. It's something that is that like we were talking about earlier. It is a learned ta- tool. And if you do these things like I did, I really had to train myself not to interrupt, not to make my grocery list out in my head while that person is talking to me, <laughs> and and not look around the room. It, it's it, it's hard. It, it is sometimes it's hard, especially you know, Marnie. I'll, I'll confess, I have ADHD, and it's even much harder for me. Those squirrels, they sure. keep, they keep coming in it, and it's. It can be tiring, but I desire to be a good listener. I really do because I miss so much if I'm not listening. I can miss, like we're talking about, my friend's heart. And in ministry, we won't be, if we don't truly listen to that person's heart and we're distracted, how are we going to minister to her the way she needs to be ministered to? Absolutely. When you said when you said making a grocery list in your head, that kind of cracked me up because I'm not sure that I've ever done that. But that's really funny. Um, <laughs> I, can see, I can see that I've probably done things that would equate to that, but that one was that one caught me off guard. Honestly, though, I think one of the things that someone taught me years and years ago that's a lot is that every person is my teacher. So even, honestly, even if the person's coming to me for counsel or coming to me for prayer or coming to me to pick my brain or something, I know for a fact that God has equipped that person, whoever she is, God has equipped her with a gift for me. And maybe it is just being his hands and feet to somebody, but usually it's something more than that. And so I've become a very a good listener and very in tune because God always works in body life and when you are blessing someone else, God is blessing you. And it just it has to work that way. And so it becomes this opportunity to really grow myself, to learn something, to learn something about her. Um it's just so and it's not all about me. It's just God's reciprocal reciprocal love there when we give him something he gives us something back have you experienced that yourself oh yes when i started learning a while back how to actually listen i have been so blessed when i've bitten my tongue and truly turned on my ears Mm -hmm. i've learned so much about other people about myself about the world about my god and, and if I can, if I can go a little bit more about these distractions, mm-hmm. um, yeah. is that all right? There's things that yeah, we absolutely. do sometimes, um, and uh, and I hate to admit it, but I have done these things. Things that distract me, and might be the person that's talking to me. I may be prejudging them because of their background, maybe they're not wearing what I think they should be wearing, maybe um, they talk funny, um, and, I, and I have had to confess this to God, but I have prejudged people who have come up to me to talk to me. Who am I to do that? And when you have these prejudgments, you're not going to be a good listener. And those are things that we have to put aside and and that's something that God has really taught me. 
I've had people come up to me and say, and, and I have prejudged them, and I'm like, nope, don't do it. Listen. And some of those conversations have been the best conversations I've ever had. Sure, I, I can believe that. I was thinking about there's a training that I, I do with women because a lot of times we are so, uh, like, we're the last ones that we take care of. We take care of everybody else except for ourselves. But when we think back to what Jesus says, he says to love the Lord and he uses the word you in here all the time. You. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, your soul, mm-hmm. your strength, your might, and love your neighbor as yourself. And I think what happens in those pre-judged moments is that at some point in our own life, we have felt judged by God or another mm. person or ourselves. And until we get healing there, I think it's very difficult not to go to judgment with other people because we ourselves feel judged. And therefore, that's, of course, you know, what you so is what you reap. So, but as we become more healed in our hearts, mm. I think that more naturally this non-judgmental approach to someone will come as we recognize how much we've been forgiven for, you know, and, and just this incredible compassion that God has for us. That is what comes out because that's what's sown into our hearts and that's what comes out to other people too. It was funny because when you were going to talk about distractions, that one never even occurred to my mind, but that's huge. It's huge. It is. And that was so beautiful, Marnie. And and that's what you just said is like my life in Christ. The more he healed me, the less distractions, the less judgment I had for other people. And I keep thinking of your new book, Flow Through Vessel. I haven't read it yet. But it's like when we are healed, we can be that flow-through vessel and all the clean water flows through us into other people. And and they will flock to us because they know we will listen and we won't be judgmental. Yeah, I love the concept so much because we really can only give away what we have. <laughs> mm. you know, I can't give away something I don't currently have. And so if and, you need love and I don't feel loved, I'm really going to be a poor lover, you know? So that mm-hmm. it's just it's so wonderful because God's always got all this stuff to pour through us. And so judge, judgment is huge. What are some other distractions that maybe cause us to be a poor listener? A lack of knowledge. <laughs> well, or maybe we think we have too much and we don't want to listen. It could go either way. Oh, um, right. Okay. We may think that person... We may prejudge that person or we prejudge ourselves saying, oh, I already know this. I don't need to hear this. I already know all of this. Those are other distractions. I don't know if I talked about rehearsing our response before the person is finished because we think we know it all. Um, So we can think we know it all and have too much knowledge or not enough knowledge. There's there's, a very big bad. (laughs) Huh? I said I'm interrupting you. A very big bad. <laughs> no, that's okay. You know, it it is hard to know in it because since we we are on a telephone conversation, it is sometimes hard right. to know when the other person's going to speak because we're not face to face, and and that's okay. You you say what you're going to say. I was going to talk about the obvious distractions like noise and other people and right. and and just the environmental distractions. Those are obvious, and that's why we lean in. Um, 
and distractions of our own selves with our own problems, thinking about what we're going to, what we're going through at that time. We have to cut off all of those things as well. Yeah, interesting. And I know, like, event planners are always working on those things, trying to keep the distractions in a room to a minimum when there's a big, you know, church service or something like that. I mean, you're you're really working to keep the distractions to a minimum because they are huge. It was interesting when you said uh, one of the distractions is rehearsing our response in our head as the other person is still speaking. And uh, that's I had never thought of that verse in the Bible about this particular thing, a, a one-on-one interactive conversation before, but there's a verse in the Bible that um, Jesus told the disciples, don't even worry about what you're going to say when you get mm. in front of a judge or whatever. Don't even worry about that until you get there. At that moment, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to say. And I kind of feel like that with conversations, that if I am busy pre-planning my response, I miss the opportunity to hear what the Holy Spirit would say to this person. And if I can just, if I can just truly listen and just be available then I'm able to hear what the Spirit says. But I had never I had never really thought about that verse in context here of a one-on-one conversation, but when you said rehearsing our response, that one came up to mm-hmm. my mind. That's, that is a really good verse. I love that. You, you're, you're very insightful, Marnie. Thank you for sharing that. Um, one thing that I really noticed in my study, because I did, I did, a study, business study on listening, and I also did a biblical study. God's number one commandment was, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. And that hear, that uh-huh. word, that original language, is hear with intent to obey. Now, mm. I think the biggest part of listening to anybody, as you just said, Marnie, is listening to God. Because the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say to that person, to your boss, to your husband, to your sister. God will give you the words to say if you're listening. I so believe that that's true, and this is just so such good stuff. This is Marnie. We're visiting today with Sherilyn Bisbano. Uh, she's a speaker over at womenspeakers.com. You can search for her last name, Bisbano, B-I-S-B-A-N-O, Sherilyn. And we're going to come right back and talk about what to say, what not to say while listening, and what you can do while listening without jeopardizing the communication. We'll be right back. Womenspeakers.com is the largest online directory of Christian women speakers in the world, featuring over 1,700 women speakers from every experience level, denomination, and fee range, some near you. Visit Womenspeakers.com to find the perfect speaker for your next event or to get training to be a speaker, author, or media personality. All training and connections occur online anytime you have time. Find a speaker, add a speaker, or become a speaker at www.womenspeakers.com. Welcome back. This is Marty, and I think we've got something goofy going on with our control panel here. Uh, But anyway, happy to have you along this afternoon for our program with Sherilyn Dostano on listening past her words to her heart. And we are going to talk next about what you can say and what you should not say while listening. So I am so curious right off the bat, what should you never say while listening? And I believe in 90% of the circumstances, 
Well, first of all, we sh- we already talked about not interrupting. I just interrupted myself. No, not interrupting. But what I find, if you in this situation, if you're talking to somebody and they're pouring their heart out to you, and you want to help them, but you've never been in that situation. Please don't say I understand when you really don't and you've never been there. Um, that's something you should never say. That's the biggest one that comes to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I just also, while we're on that one, while we're on that one, I just want to say that even if you have experienced something very similar to the person, you simply still do not understand. <laughs> Because right, you're not right. Them. You're not feeling what they're feeling. You felt something Correct. that you could understand, and I agree with you so much that I understand is can really be a tough a tough thing to say. What you can say though, like especially if someone's trying to communicate an instruction or something to you, you can say, "Let me see if I understand you correctly," and then you can rephrase it in your own words because that gives them the opportunity to say. Oh no 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 no! It wasn't anything like that, you know. And you're able to right, understand better correct. what trying to say. But yeah, I agree with you. Never say I understand. That's a that's a tough one. Like you said, probably ninety percent of the time, love it. And and what other things not to say. Don't minimalize what the person is saying. Some, uh, I can give you a for instance. Um, we had to put our cat down. And I was devastated. And I know a lot of people who love, love their animals, and they would be devastated. And someone said to me, oh, you can just get another cat. Get over it. And that I probably shouldn't have picked that person to talk to, but um, never minimalize or or say, you know, oh, well, just get over it or, um, even giving a pat Bible verse at times, especially the one the one that really gets to me is God works all things out for good to those who are called, you know, that verse, Romans 8, 28. They forget the Romans 8, 29 part right. where it says, you know, and it, it's it, that's where we have to listen to God. These pat answers, if you don't know what to say, don't say anything or say, I really don't know what to say, but I'm here for you. Oh, I love that response. That's that's really, and it, I mean, if you really mean it, that is so beautiful. One of the things that and I you can actually so say, I don't understand. You can. I have right? said to people, I don't understand where you're at. I've never had cancer. I've never lost a husband. I've mm-hmm. never lost a child. I don't understand, but I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know one of the things that I used to do a lot more than I do now, especially, and maybe specifically in situations where the other person is emotionally distraught or is sharing something very dear to them with me, I used to, because it's what I do, I share stories. You know, I mean, that's what Mm -hmm. I do. I teach with stories and I communicate with stories, and so my brain is always thinking of the story that applies but in those situations where someone is sharing their deep hurt or their heart with me, I find that sharing my own story does just what you're saying we shouldn't do. It minimalizes their story. Somehow it feels like we're playing a game of whose story is more intense or whose story is, you know, is the most important story here. And I have found that that's a quick way to minimalize someone else's story 
is by sharing one of my own in that setting. And of course, there's a thousand other settings where it's appropriate, but in that particular setting, are there any other things that are coming to your mind like that? Things that you know you just you didn't didn't mean to do it bad. You do it in other settings, but there are times when you just shouldn't say something like that. Well, I, I love what you just said because I used to do that all the time. Well, you know what happened to me, and I was making it about me <laughs> and mm-hmm. not about right. them, and that was so good. Depending on the setting, if you're really, if somebody says something to you and you get really angry while you're listening, you need to bite your tongue. This is where listening goes um, horizontal and vertical. We need to listen to what God is telling us to say. Um, I've had people, I've had family members tell me how much they hate God um, or put me down for certain things, and I just wanted to explode and the Lord is like bite your tongue and I actually had to leave and I cried all the way home but I prayed for them and and oh, one of them is actually uh, a believer now but it, you were when you were talking earlier and you had mentioned about listening to what God has to say that he will give us the words in every situation I think that is the most important thing Marnie because there are times where we're listening to somebody and we do need to be bold. The Holy Spirit will say, be bold, say this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we may not want to, but I have had people do it to me, like that person who took me aside and said, Sherry Lynn, you don't know how to listen. You cut people off. You interrupt. And this person had been praying about it for a long time, Marnie, and then they finally said something. And I'm so glad they did at the moment. I wasn't, I was angry, but I'm so mm-hmm. glad they did. Hmm. That is such a key point, too. Um, in the book, Full Street Vessel, I tell this story of, of uh, just minding my own business one night and the phone rang, and it's a gal on the phone who's crying and shaking, and even just, she's whispering, and I find out she's locked herself in the bathroom away from her, her angry, drunk husband, and she's asking if we can meet, and I don't know her, and I said, sure, let's go meet, and God just really had me say some things to her that shocked me. I, I, w- I would have never <laughs> probably wanted to say those hard things to even a close friend, let alone a stranger in a dire street like that. But but what happened was that God knew exactly what she needed. And as I just listened both to her and to God, um, mm-hmm. then he, was, he just flowed what he needed her to know through me. And when I saw her later, and I didn't know if I'd ever see her again. I'd never seen her before, and I didn't know if I would ever see her again. But we just happened to literally bump into each other downtown one day, and she got so excited when she saw me. And she said that after that night, things had totally turned around. Her husband had gotten up off the couch, and he'd gotten a job, and he was participating in the family, and things had really turned. So I agree. I agree with you. I mean, we can say, you know, don't minimize, don't share your own story, don't interrupt, don't do all these things. But the reality is if the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, you need to do it even if it feels uncomfortable, like I would never do this. <laughs> if he prompts you to do it, then we need to do it. And so there's always that balance there, isn't there, about you know what to say, what not to say. I, rem- I, I always think of the story of Nehemiah before the king. I mean, Nehemiah going before the king, he could have been killed. But before he said anything to the king, he he prayed to God, and then he spoke. And the king let him go back and rebuild the walls. 
Yeah, I'm thinking I mean, all the times in the Bible we hear that, you know, Esther, <laughs> uh, you know, um, Joseph, all these people before they went and spoke to the king. And, and honestly, you know, we are created in God's image when we're speaking to another person. We are speaking mm-hmm. to royalty. Uh, you know, it is important for us to be mm-hmm. careful what comes out of our mouth and to and to really honor God with that. What do you, um what do we sometimes do or what can we do without jeopardizing the communication that's going on? What are what are some good things that we can do? Well, I think we've touched base on most of them, the leaning in, nodding. Um Depending on what they're talking about, if someone's sharing a great story with you, you know, you can, you know, you can smile and, and laugh. If somebody is sharing and pouring their heart out like a tragic story, don't be smiling, <laughs> you know. Um, keep your arms, uh, you know, don't, we were talking about having our arms crossed in front of us. Be aware of your body language uh, to jeopardize. The biggest thing you can do to jeopardize, I think, is act uninterested and cut the person off and say something um, that would be demeaning. Like, uh, I don't, like, like, you don't care. Oh, just get over it. Or, you know what the Word of God says, you just need to do that. Those are things that would really jeopardize the communication. That person probably would never come talk to you again. I was thinking between men and women, a lot of times it's, um, it's it's girls we're trying to tell him what to do or guys you're trying to fix our problem for us and and those kind of things do kind of jeopardize communication there too don't they yes yes and i really think communication is a lot of talking and discussing things before you even get in to these type of conversations i've asked um, my family and friends things like how would you if this happens to you, how do you want me to react? What would you want to hear? Like my sister Charlene has um, has beat lymphoma twice, and I said to her, Charlene, if this comes back, how do you want how do you want me to talk to you? What do you want me to say? And in real close personal relationships, that stuff needs to be addressed, um, so that you know most men want to fix problems, like you said. Um, they need to have men and wives have to need to have the conversation. Honey, I just want you to listen. Or, honey, can you help me? I, I, I need you to help me with this problem. I want you to help me solve this problem. There needs to be pre-communication before the listening. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. It's c- continual communication. I remember after um, my husband had a head injury uh, with a, a snowmobile crash, and um, I. I was driving. I was driving to the hospital, and I was thinking, "Do I call his mom or not?" Because I really didn't know. And so afterwards, I talked to both his mom and my mother, and I had that conversation just like you did. Mm-hmm. And I said, "I said, you know, this was a major big deal, and it was hours before we knew, you know, and it could have been days or weeks, but it was hours before we knew, you know, kind of what was going to happen here." And when would be the right time to contact you? And they both agreed that just this was just their own way that they would prefer me to wait until I knew something. Whereas me, I would prefer people to tell me right away. Um, so it's true that all of us have very different approaches to our pain and our grief. And with people, like you say, that are in close relationship with us, we have this amazing privilege 
of taking the relationship to another level by really wanting to honor them. If something like this would ever happen again, how could I best honor you? And then, you know, in our own sense of like, okay, well, then I would have to drive to the hospital myself, not talking to anybody about it. But then I think, well, so God's got me. I mean, I'm talking to God about it. So that's perfect. We're all covered. So, you know, it it works out. But I love that advice. That's that's such an important uh, thing. And I I never had thought about it until then. That hasn't even occurred to me to ask how people would prefer (laughs) to receive bad advice or or not bad advice, but bad news. I don't think anybody ever wants bad advice. (laughs) I have actually been surprised at some of the answers um, that I have received because I thought I thought the total opposite of the person when they would right. share with me, well, I would want it handled this way. I'm like, oh, I'm so glad I asked. <laughs> right. Exactly. But that's all part of listening, too. That's all part of listening, too, as well. That's right. And, you know, when you were talking earlier about, you know, being with the person, so if they're sad, don't be laughing. Um, but yet, even at, even with that, too, to allow them to change pace. So, for example, being with someone who's just lost a loved one, you know, mm. just letting them set the pace of the conversation. And if they wanted to tell a funny story about something that their loved one did and they want to laugh, laugh with them. Uh, but if they don't, don't try to take them there necessarily. Don't try to force them where they, you know, don't want to go. It's just, it's just, uh, see, I love how the Holy Spirit is our comforter and then he helps mm-hmm. us to be the comfort to others. You know, we are the extension of God here on earth. And so to be able to bring that comfort to others, and just imagine if you were in extreme pain and God just came down and just started laughing. You know what I mean? He wouldn't. Yeah. He would, he's very, you know, he's very loving and compassionate. So um, just to be able to do that. What are some nonverbal signs? Um, have, are there any that we haven't addressed that you wanted to get to in this hour? Um, Not really, but we, we have to really pay attention to the nonverbal signs. 75% of what the person is communicating is nonverbal on both parts, on our part and on their part. And we have to be aware of our own nonverbal communication as well as theirs. Um, if they're leaning back away from you, maybe you're in their comfort level. I don't know. Maybe you have bad breath. I don't know. But um, – <laughs> But um, these are things I'm trying to be funny. I've had that happen. I had coffee and someone's like, Sherry, lend your breath. But um, we have to be so cognizant of their nonverbal. When they're talking and their arms are crossed and they're leaning back, if they're fidgety, uh, we need to be we need to be aware of that. And one thing that is just overpowering me right now is that listening is horizontal and vertical. We need to listen to God, to what he's trying to tell us to pass on in the conversation. Like you had mentioned, you had said something to this woman that you never thought you would say, and now she's free. We need to be listening. We need to be listening to the Holy Spirit. And if somebody out there is not, does not have the Holy Spirit, and and they're listening to this conversation, um, my prayer is that um, maybe you can talk to Marnie about that, but you can have good communication skills without the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit knows the heart of the other person more than we do. So um, practicing these skills 
will enable you to become a better listener. Hmm. But the I Holy Spirit just gives it even an extra an extra measure, a, a, quite a big extra measure. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I was thinking about the Holy Spirit being the counselor and comforter of, um, you know, millions of people, uh, you know, hundreds of millions, billions of people probably uh, over time, over the years. And what a good counselor he is. He was always to begin with, but he's seen everything. He's been everywhere. He knows everything. And he knows the other person's history. He knows everything. And so having him inside of us to be able to help Mm. us to respond, you know, that's why I really, when somebody tries to do... um, a scenario and say, you know, if you were talking to this person and thus and such was going on in their life, la, 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 la. And I'm like, wow, how would I ever know? That's what I always say. Mm-hmm. How would I ever know? Because I, no matter how much information they've given you, the person you're speaking to could never give you all the information. You simply no. never get all the information. You don't have that much time. So you're only getting a portion of it. And if you're just trusting in your own responses to give a helpful response, it's really very uh, limited in what you can do compared to what the Holy Spirit can speak through you in that moment or even, like you said earlier, be silent through you, just an arm around a shoulder or a hand on a hand. Uh, You know, I mean, sometimes that speaks the greatest volume. Um, You know, sometimes when we're listening, we listen through filters of our own pain or filters of our own education Absolutely. and just filters. And those are that's why listening to the Holy Spirit um, truly helps. Or stepping outside of, trying to step outside of our experiences and our filters and trying to listen to that person um, Without, you know, it's hard sometimes, but just to step aside from our experiences and our own filters of emotional baggage and try to listen to what they're really saying, sometimes that is, is um, would cause, what's what I'm trying to say? <laughs> it, it would cause a hindrance right? in the communication. Absolutely. Yeah, right before we go to break, I just want to address Another thing that can really jeopardize communication, and it's a nonverbal sign, is how you're how you're doing yourself. And sometimes, I, you know, we can use the word vibration or resonance or whatever yes. you want to do. But your body actually is an electrical it's an electrical entity, and you yep. are sending out vibes from you to the other person. And if you are distraught about something in your own life, and then trying to be fully available to them, they will pick up on that and, and they may mm-hmm. they may think it's about them. It's it's better right. And you don't need to be so vulnerable that you're, you know, ridiculous, but you do need to just make a comment at some point, especially if you notice that it's troubling them that you can't be one hundred percent there for them. You may just need to say, I am so here for you, but at the same time I just need you to know that I've got something going on in my life that's a little painful. So sometimes when you're talking I maybe will make a little face, and it's not really about you. It's because I'm experiencing a little pain in my own life. But just know I really want to listen. And just by being vulnerable like that, I think that it can really open up the conversation to a whole deeper level than it ever could have gotten to had you not had the problem in your life that made you that sensitive. Is so, to that is so important. That is, that, is, that is so important. That is another great, uh, another great thing to keep aware of, your own emotional state. 
Mm. Well, this is Marnie Swedberg. We're visiting today with Sherry Lynn Bisbano. She's a speaker over at womenspeakers.com. You can find her there by searching her last name, Bisbano, B-I-S-B-A-N-O, Sherry Lynn Bisbano. And we're going to come right back and talk about how to confirm that you've heard correctly without sounding the meaning and how to become a better listener. Don't go away. Okay, Sherilyn, are you there? Yes, I'm here. And were you able to hear a commercial at all? No. No, I don't know. Our uh, the switchboard seems to be not uh, able to connect with the commercials, which is just fine. We'll just keep going. And I'll just tell cool. you guys, just go check out everything over at womenspeakers.com and marty.com and uh, find what you need over there. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about... Um, confirming that you've heard correctly without sounding to me, and actually I've been really looking forward to this part of the program. (laughs) This is something... um, It's huge. You're breaking up, Marnie, but um, can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you good. Okay. Um, Confirming what you heard without sounding demeaning. I learned this from a pastor. He and his wife, he was a very busy man, but in they she they had six kids. They now have ten, but they would spend their evening, an hour each evening before they went to bed, talking to one another, and they actually had a little ball that they held, and the person who was talking held the ball and would talk, and then when they were done, they passed the ball, and the person would repeat. It sounds like an exercise, but they did this: repeat what they heard. And they, their communication became so good. They were teaching us at a marriage conference how to do this. Uh, and I have been doing this with my husband because I sometimes misunderstand or don't hear correctly what he's saying. Um, the way we do this is we, we repeat back what we heard. With, to not sound demeaning, you don't say, what did you just say? Uh, that sounds like you weren't listening. <laughs> um, a great way to say it would be, what I just heard you say is, and then repeat it, or say, I really want to make sure I'm understanding the message you're conveying. This is what I heard you to say, and then repeat it. And some cases they'll say, yes, that's what I said. In other cases they'll say, no, that's not exactly what I meant. And then you'll come back and say, please tell me in another, please tell me what you meant because I truly want to understand. So I think, and we touched on this earlier too, I think that the heart has to come through, that your heart is to understand what they're saying. Uh, and, and Correct. If that comes through to the other person, as long as they're not having a terrible day or something like that where they just can't tolerate, you know, trying, um, they're they're most likely going to give you a second chance and going to try to repeat it. One of the things for me, Sherilyn, is, you know, you mentioned earlier ADHD, and I, I wasn't that, but I did have learning disabilities and probably still do to a large degree, but um, I... I could only learn, especially math things, I could only learn them if they were given to me in multiple different ways. So I would sit through class, then I would then I would listen to a cassette at that time uh, of training from a different teacher, 
then I would do a practice a practice session in a group. And then by the time I got done with that, I would sometimes be able to do it on my own. But I really had to hear it in multiple different ways. And, um, okay. So are we still here? Sherlyn, are you still here? Yes, I'm right here. Can you hear me? Yep, I can hear you. I was just hearing some funny beeping. I don't know what's going on. I know that Large Talk Radio has sent out a couple of emails this week that they're having some, they're doing some big changes and sometimes that's not so easy. I I just totally can relate to that. You try to do them as seamlessly as possible and sometimes it's um, it's hard to get them. But anyway, as long as we're still here. Anyway, I am really, I am very aware that sometimes the way that we communicate with someone isn't in their ideal language. And we need to give them the benefit of that doubt that their heart wants to understand mm-hmm. and then to just rephrase it in another way. Um, I, I think another thing for us is at the store, uh, we have one employee especially who she we, I would tell her what to do and I'd come back after you know several hours or the next day and look at her work and she would have done it exactly the opposite, exactly the opposite of what I told her to do. And it took oh, several wow. months, but we were, we, I know, it was it was shocking because everybody else could figure out what I was saying. <laughs> so, but, but it took a couple months, and then we had a way of communication between her and I where I would tell her what to do. She would tell me what back. I'd say, okay, I see what you're thinking here, so we're going to just say it a different way. We'd do it until she could say it back to me in the way that I knew she understood. And you know what? Problem solved. It was all solved. It was a simple communication problem. But if we keep thinking that people are just being irritating and irresponsible or not caring about us, it changes our relationship with that person because we don't understand they're not doing it the way we want because they can't. <laughs> that was wonderful to that you took the time to do that, Marnie, because some people don't. And you know one thing that I've really found that hinders being a good listener um, besides not asking not repeating back, is we don't know their vocabulary sometimes. And when we repeat back what they said or what we heard, uh, sometimes those vocabulary words are different to me than they are to her. They mean something totally different. So repeating back clears up any kind of differences in vocabulary or meaning of a sentence or something like that. Absolutely, and there are so many things that you can mean with the same words. I mean, you you don't think that when you're saying it. You think you're being crystal clear. But really, when you hear somebody else's perspective of what you said based on their background and what they used to know or do it a certain way or how their mom did it or whatever, you just go, oh, well, no wonder. You know, and it, it just, uh, a hard, hard to really communicate is at the bottom of all of this. When we're listening mm-hmm. to her heart, we listen past the words, and we're really trying to get to the core issue there. So what are some, just in the last, you know, five minutes or so here, what are some keys to becoming a better listener? I think practicing. I really believe you need to find one or two people. Uh, your good friends, Marnie, or, you know, people who are listening, find a good friend and ask them, am I a good listener? And be prepared for what they have to say. I thought I was a good listener. I was terrible. (laughs) Um, And tell them, Hmm. the way you could approach it is, this is how I've approached it. I want to be a better listener. How can I be a better listener for you? And then you listen, and then you repeat back. Can you help me be a better listener? 
and practice. Ask somebody, will you help me practice this repeat back? Practice leaning in. Practice, you know, be aware of your body language. And, Marnie, something that you said um, that is so crucial, be aware of your own emotional and spiritual state before you listen to somebody. Be aware of what we were talking about, our our filters, things and prejudging. These are things that we have to be aware of. But to become a better listener, never stop practicing. It's like a muscle. You have to keep using it. And there's tons. I I wrote an article. I said, my friend Google has really helped me. <laughs> there's so many websites. There's so many websites out there on active listening, listening. Um, but if you want to improve the relationships around you, I highly suggest you approach the people seriously and say, "I want to be a better listener. How can I be a better listener to you?" for you. What can I do? I guess one thing I'll tell you is that if you ask people that and you mean it, be prepared because they will tell you where you're Mm -hmm. weak and that will hurt. That will sting a little bit. But if you're willing to learn, I I always say this to God, help me learn from words instead of from thinking. That's what I always say. Because I really love I love to learn from just other people's feedback in my life instead of waiting until I've really got a consequence because I didn't learn it from words. I waited until I had a consequence. And so if you can just be very brave and very bold, the the, um, benefit of that is so huge. Uh, Well, Sheridan, this hour has gone so fast. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I pray for your ministry. I pray for all that you do, Marnie, because many ladies have been touched by you just, what did they call you, a, a, a not an entrepreneur, but a multipreneur, because you have your hands yeah. on so many things. I think it's wonderful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, I just love you, and I love what God's doing through you and your heart to serve and to love and serve him. So thank you so much for being here. And Thank you. And I would love—I would love some feedback if somebody's listening and has been practicing this. I would love some feedback. Um, you can go to, you know, m- women speaker to my my connect my site and give me some feedback if this has helped your life because I, I would love to hear. That's great. And you guys can find her over at womenspeakers.com under her last name Biscano, B-I-S. A-N-O. And also, there's a bunch of other women speakers over there. And of course, Sherilyn is available to you as a speaker as well. So, thank you for being here this afternoon. I love it when you join us live or listen to the archives or around the internet at the Syndicate radio stations. And love it when you purchase and uh, let us know your thoughts back too. So, you have a wonderful day, and we will see you next time around. Bye bye now. <laughs> 